Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's hard to offend me when I have a mother who doesn't even love me. Nothing offends me at this point. That is a great point. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandal, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment. But, but, you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8-4 this year and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Well, welcome back to this shit show. That's how we're starting this fucking podcast. We're just going to bring up my mom doesn't love me. And yeah, Kiernan, how are you doing, bud? Doing good. How are yourself? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, college football was a shit show this week. That it was. Uh, I was thinking, how the fuck? My beer's overflowing. It's still going. This is a great way to start a podcast, Cannon. Yeah. But no, I was thinking, how the fuck are we going to fit all of this into an hour? We're not. This might go over. This might be the first time this season it goes over an hour. I I think I think a few of those t- the topics can be melded together. Certainly the first two. So we might not. Oh, we, yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, and then all the Michigan stuff can go together. Uh, but it is the end of the Jimbo Fisher era. At Texas A&M. He was fired after number one recruiting class after number one recruiting class. After getting a massive 10-year contract. And now Texas A&M owes him $77.5 million fucking dollars not to coach there. It's impressive, honestly. I, I am shocked. I'm not shocked that he got fired. I'm just amazed that you can be so bad at a job that someone will pay you 77 million dollars to not do it It, it's it's almost an achievement in and of itself i feel like i mean that that's saying something and granted i understand he he has had success in the past and i know that that was what texas a&m was trying to get because of that uh i love that plaque that they made that uh NCAA championship uh, 20, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, that's that hurts a little. That hurts the ego, I think, more than the 77 million. Because because that's something you definitively, like, it's definitive. You made a plaque and you 
kept the last two numbers vacant purely for the situation where they'd win. And now you have to go throw that away and pay him 77 million. So do you think they let him keep the plaque? Ah, uh, surely not. Like, I mean, what else are they going to do with it though? Or just put Throw it, it in their, put it in their AD's office as a reminder of not to give coaches massive guaranteed money. It's it's not a bad motivator to to have that be a reminder. That's fair, uh, but I'm also <clears throat> I'm a little confused how they expected this to go. Uh, what do you mean? Why did they think Jimbo was the guy? Because first off, it's not like they've had recent unbelievable success. Mm -hmm. Obviously, under Kevin Sumlin, they had a lot of success mm -hmm. with Johnny Manziel in those years, but they didn't have the success they were looking for. Honestly, <clears throat> they haven't had success at the level they were probably expecting since Hitler was wilding out in Poland. Like that's... <laughs> 1939 was the last time they won a national title. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I thought yeah, you were just it, pulling that out of your ass. No. 1939. Uh, the season ended January 1st, 1940. So it was probably a little bit... Uh, probably a little bit to France at that point. But mm. I digress. But And then looking at Jimbo Fisher. That's the kind of contract you would give to someone with sustained success, not any blemishes in the past decade, and that you can look back on and you can comfortably say in 10 years, if he retired the day before he took that contract, you go, yeah, he's one of the best coaches in college football ever. You give that to a Nick Saban. You give that to a Kirby Smart. Mm -hmm. You maybe give that to a Dabo right after Clemson was winning a couple natties. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying... Dabo will be remembered as a top 10 coach all time. But if he retired right after that run, there would be conversations about it. Mm -hmm. Jimbo Fisher won and he had some success. He had early success taking over Bobby Bowden's team, by the way, because he retired right before he found success in 2013 with a historically great recruiting class and a historically great college quarterback. Now, yes, he did recruit all of that, but that does not necessarily speak to him as a coach that speaks to him as a recruiter. Mm -hmm. Then 13 and one in 2014. Also great. 10 and three, 2015, a very good season for most programs. Mm -hmm. 10 and three in the 2016 season, a very good season for most programs. Florida state's not most programs. They have a little bit higher expectations mm -hmm. and then five and six in 2017. Why did Texas A&M expect him to come in and be winning natties and compete? Like, I think it's ridiculous. I think it, it it must have been a phenomenal conversation with Jimbo Fisher. And if he had an agent, I don't know specifically, but it must have been a phenomenal conversation because he's probably sitting there in the contract negotiations going, I am making so much goddamn money that I literally don't care what happens. Like that, that must have been going through his mind. He must have known at some point this is all going to go tits up and I'm going to walk out of here regardless of what happens, regardless of a national championship or a firing. He was walking out of there winning that contract agreement. So, uh, you know, just phenomenal marketing.
Oh, 100%. I think the question now becomes, do you coach again if you're Jimbo Fisher? Ah, oh, jeez. I I feel like that's plenty of money to retire on. Um, how old is he? Do you know? 58. Mm, I, that's... Okay, no. no. $77.5 million. I could retire on $77.5 million today. I'm talking about the age, not the actual payment. So technically, yes, I think he could and probably will still coach. um, But absolutely no one will hire him for more than three years. Like three-year contracts, three-year contracts at a time. You have a year of bullshit getting your people and all your recruits in there. A year to proof that you can win games and then a a year where you should be top of the conference and i think you know if they're teetering on that edge you maybe give them a one two-year extension but but there's going to be no more of he's never going to get a contract like that again i I don't think any coach will no no i mean and and i think that's a perfect segue into this next topic of it's the end of big contracts uh because we've seen the disgraced Mel Tucker have to walk after a contract. Um, thank God, you know, Michigan State's probably, you know, thanking their lucky stars that they don't have to pay it because it's firing with cause. But like, Which is know. a horrible thing to say about it is. That, but yes. I'm not disagreeing with you. Michigan right. State 100% is like, oh, thank God he was a sexual deviant. Right. Because, I mean, they're bottom of the league anyway, or bottom of the conference anyway. So... Michigan State's probably, you know, their AD and their department is probably like, okay, we dodged a massive bullet here. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll see big contracts like that again. I yeah. think one coach in college will get it. Mm-hmm. I think Kirby Smart will get a contract yeah. that size mm-hmm. because he's 47, mm-hmm. first off. So, he could get two more 10 year contracts and yes. still be a great coach at mm-hmm. 67, which is insane to say. Mm-hmm. Also, he's an alumnus of the University of Georgia, so it, it kind of makes sense to keep him there. Uh, I think people will go after him. I saw some people say, if you're, I think it was Chris Marler on Twitter said, if you're Texan, what's stopping you from just telling Kirby Smart you'll give him $20 million a year? <laughs> And I'm, I don't know how you can pass that up. Well, I guess it, it really comes down to the coach and what the coach wants with this. Like, yes, Kirby Smart is, is the only coach that can legitimately go out and get there as of right now. You know, we'll wait to see at the end of the, the year what happens. But it, legitimately, he's the only coach that can claim any sort of uh, long contract. Um, and I think with that is that because he's an alumni and because he's doing so well, and it's one of those things, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type situations, or at least I would feel that way. Like he'll probably come to Georgia at the end of the season or whenever his contract's up or whenever he's allowed to renew it, it just go, look, I'm being poached by all these different teams. I'm going to need you to up it a little bit more if you want me to stay and like, look, I just won you two more national titles. Like that's, and I, and as Georgia, the AD, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. Like I wouldn't need, I wouldn't put up a fight. about it. Yeah. And it, if someone offered you 20 mil, it would not take 
Georgia twenty million dollars to retain Kirby Smart. Yeah. He he would give them a discount. Oh yeah. But I I think it, it reaches a point. It comes down to how much money is enough. I think Kirby Smart probably makes enough money right now. Yeah. And I'm not. That's not me saying he des- doesn't deserve more. He hasn't worked hard for what he has. But there's a point where you look at it and go, well, I make ten million dollars a year. How much better is your life going to get with fifteen, twenty? Yeah, I mean, you can literally buy anything you want at any time. Um, so I think you're good. Yeah, and but then that also raises a question: How much money would it take? Do you think? What do you think that next step is? Where like ten million dollars a year? That's plenty. That's plenty of money. And then that next kind of not bracket in terms of tax, but bracket where you're like, oh, this is a big improvement on my life. Uh, does he make ten million now? I I have no idea. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, let's just that's, go with that. Let's just go with that number for right. That's now. the higher ten point five million. Okay, so ten just up to eleven point two five in twenty twenty six and gradually increasing. Okay, well let's just keep it at ten million for right now. I I think I think twenty million would have to be the threshold to where he could say, "Yeah, I'm going," because. Like if it was one to two million and even up to five million, I'd say forget about it. If it was if it got to six, I would start putting out feelers to the AD going, Hey, how about the contract negotiation or whatever? Uh if it got to seven and eight, I'd be like, All right, we need to talk. And then anything past, I think, twenty would be like, Yeah, unless you can match it, I'm gone. See, I don't know. I feel like if if you could get like let's say Texam comes offers twenty mm-hmm. for ten years, and George's like, we'll give you thirteen a year for twenty years. We do not care. I could see him having pause. I think once a school surpasses thirty million, I think that's the threshold. That's when you're not going to get better value than thirty million dollars a year. Mm. But I think the other thing that he kind of needs to actually weigh out is is. Is that even feasible? Like, I think, let like, I think we're taking Kirby Smart's perspective too much here. Like, no school has that much money just willy nilly around. You know, <laughs> Texas A and M at halftime of their game against Mississippi State rolled out their boosters to present a hundred and sixty million dollar check. Yeah, I okay. About half of that is going to Jimbo to not coach there. I mean, I would, I'd find it difficult to believe, but I guess, yeah. Texas A&M is, is in the Texas in the South. They take football, college football to a whole new level. And I know you went to a big Oh, I believe me, I football. know. It's no, they a... take it to insane levels. Yeah, they got boosters for peewee football, Kev. <laughs> yeah, and they all have fucking oil money. Yeah. But with Jimbo out of the picture, who do you think is going to be next? Who's Texas A&M legitimately going, not who's Texas A&M going to call, because they're going to call Kirby Smart. They're going to call Nick Saban. Who do you think they will call and will answer their call? And this is with the expectation of a normal contract, not the yeah, Kirby yeah, yeah. Smart rate. Damn, I don't know. Like, 
I legitimately couldn't name a name off the top of my head that would go to Texas A&M. I don't know if you can, but I, I, for the life of me, I can't think. I want to say like somebody from like the Pac-12 or maybe another Big 12 team, but I, I don't, I don't, I can't think of any names that would actually go. Uh, Kalen DeBurr from Washington was very non-committal when asked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see Dabo going there, honestly. Mm, I could see Texas a- A&M throwing a bag at Dabo and him going, all right, bye. Yeah, actually, that that is a good point. And I love I love the other thing with, with college football coaches, uh, that they'll go, oh, yeah, you know, those are just rumors and speculation. I'm here. I have unfinished business, this, that, and the other thing. And then, like, two weeks later, <laughs> they're on a plane to fucking yep. Texas A&M. And you're like, just – why lie? What's the point? Like, yeah, you yeah, just I... you you just increased your salary and and uh, quality of life exponentially. Just admit it. Admit yeah, it. I I don't think Dion would. People are talking about him. I don't think he wants to start getting a reputation as someone who jumps from job to job. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the one person who I believe fully that they are not leaving their current job is Dan Lanning. It wasn't like a, no, I'm here. I love the play. He's like, no, I love it here. They treat me wonderfully. The culture's great. I love my players, and I have unfinished business here. I think that unfinished business line is a lot of things coaches don't say, even though they should probably say it more, because I immediately believe Dan Lanning. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I I think I think I, I used that term when I was kind of mocking them too sparingly, because I, I do agree with you that I think – People like him, like who are out, like they're out front about it. They're like, yeah, this is what I'm doing, right? Like definitive answers instead of just like, oh, I'm not leaving is like a little blase. But like, yeah, no, I agree with you. Dan Lanning probably won't leave. It's going to be the biggest bit of irony what he does, Kevin. Oh, yeah, no, he, it, I think that just cemented that he's going mm-hmm. to AM. Sorry, guys. Sorry, we ruined it. Uh, but, <laughs> Speaking of Clemson, Kiernan, do you have another reason to be mad at Clemson? Oh yeah, well this is this is just a funny topic where I t- I sent what I sent you today about the uh, Clemson bus not stopping at a red light with the police escort. Yeah, and I was like, I texted it to Kevin, just like, hey, here's another reason to to hate Dabo. Yeah, that I really mean, wasn't anything. Yeah, you that's fair. For whatever. But do you know who else didn't stop for red lights, Kiernan? Who, Kev? Our Lord and Savior Jesus. Damn right. Ah, <laughs> uh, Dabo's the fucking worst. That's another reason I think he would fit in great at Texas A&M in Texas. He that man loves some Jesus. That's a good point. Uh, but while we're talking about fiscal responsibility for coach for colleges and not giving these mega contracts out. Arizona, the University of Arizona needs some fiscal responsibility themselves as they miscalculated their budget by $240 million. Uh, How? I do not know. Whoever they made their budget is worse at accounting than me. Yeah. It's. Jesus. I saw some people saying like $240 million is not a miscalculation. That is a money funneling scheme 
Yeah, it's it's embezzlement. Is what that is. Yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent is. Uh, I don't know how they can fuck up that bad, and now they're thinking about cutting back on programs that are even fully self sufficient. Like Arizona football funds itself with money it brings in. They're going to cut its budget. I, I arguably the absolute worst time to be talking about cutting a football team's budget arizona has had a meteoric rise in the past year they're currently ranked 17 don't bring it up (laughs) like just don't make any talk about cutting softball or baseball or any of the other sports don't do it when your main moneymaker is 17th in the country i don't think they're actually going to cut football but i think it's one of those things they have to say they're looking at it. So people yeah. don't go, well, look how much money you spend on football yeah. and without looking into how, where that money comes from, how much money football brings in and all that. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that, but I'm just like, <laughs> just don't bring it up at all. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous, but money talking about money. Uh, Connor Stallions appears to be out a few bucks because he allegedly never filed an expense report with Michigan. Does that prove Harbaugh's innocence? Uh, it, it certainly helps it, I think. Um, although I can't imagine he's the one, you know, approving expense reports. Well, but that it's an institutional issue that not ever, like it wasn't well known that it was happening. So, yeah, I mean, kind of. I'll, I'll buy into that, sure. I I was on Team Harbaugh, didn't know, before. I'm still on it. I don't think it disproves anything. Mm-hmm. Why would he file, why would he be instructed to file an expense report for illegal activities he was doing? Right. It doesn't really prove that he didn't know. I think it helps the investigation in the sense that innocent until proven guilty, it takes away something you could find him guilty for. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, in the court of public opinion, it kind of smells a little fishy. Yeah. Like not filing an expense report for tickets, fine. Never filing an expense report, never. Yeah. It's a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Uh, Michigan's also in the headlines again for not cheating, but for other infractions. Uh, apparently there's a gambling issue now that the NCAA is also investigating. Uh, gambling has also rocked some other Big Ten schools. Iowa was in trouble for it. Iowa State got in trouble for it. I know they're in the Big 12, but and this is becoming more and more of an issue. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, Kiernan, about uh, Michigan gambling? So as, as a whole, I don't really care all that much, but um, I do think it's becoming an issue because it's not, it's now not just the big schools that are like, oh, the NCAA is investigating, get a slap on the wrist or, you know, you you lose a couple scholarships. Like it's, it's becoming an issue nationwide and it's and you're getting to the point where you're like well you're not near the point i should i should 
make that statement. You're not near it yet. I mean, not by a long shot, but it's becoming an increasing problem of can you legitimately trust the results of some of these games? Uh, and, and whether it's just a, a player or not, it, it, it seems like it's, it's on that trajectory of it's just going to get more and more and more ridiculous if it's not stamped out now immediately and forcefully. So it's a little bit of a balancing act. That's fair. I also think this is the NCAA is not going to stop at Michigan sign stealing. They're going to point to all the ongoing issues. They're going to point mm-hmm. to the sign stealing. They're going to point to the gambling. They're going to point to the FBI investigating Matt Weiss, who was fired for inappropriately accessing computers. They had another staffer who was trying to buy alcohol for a 13 year old girl who got arrested for it. It's they're going to point to all of these and say, it's an institutional issue. We need to make an example out of you and bowl bans, scholarship losses. They're going to cripple the Michigan athletic program. Yeah. And Harbaugh is going to go, all right, cool. Oh, Chicago, you want me to come there and coach uh, Caleb Williams for a couple of years? Sure. <laughs> and it's it, it's not going to impact him at all. It's not going to impact his prospects. It's just going to kill the Michigan football program. And then Ohio State's going to go back to winning all the time. And, well, winning the Big Ten all the time. They're not going to win a national yeah, championship. No. Yeah. But – and yeah, so that's fun. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, I wish you had a better control of shit. Michigan fans are a lot less annoying than Ohio State fans. True. True. Right. I, I actually have no, I, I have a beef with Michigan, the team, because they keep beating Penn yes. State, but I don't actually have any problems with Michigan fans. They're actually quite nice. Okay. Okay, cool. I obviously I was hoping you could weigh in on that a little bit more because I don't interact with Big Ten fans that often. Oh yeah, no, actually Ohio State fans are insufferable. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. They're yeah. they're up there with Tennessee fans and Alabama fans, and they would fit in well with SEC fans. To be honest with you, they're all terrible. They would. They really would. Actually, yeah. They they do. I mean, it's a, it's sort of a good thing that they've been so successful, particularly under the Urban Meyer uh, administration because they were able to play sec schools um so yeah i don't know i think it's uh fits yeah um but speaking of the sec for those who don't see it an old miss player whose name i am forgetting and do you remember his name i i want to say it's lamar something but i santo rollins Okay, not at all. <laughs> no, no. Sorry, uh, it's fine. I had no guess, so at least you had a guess. Uh, apparently ghosted the Ole Miss football program for a couple weeks uh, due to mental health reasons. Coaches reached out to him. He didn't respond, didn't show up. And Lane Kiffin got pissed. He's like, what the fuck? You can't just not show up for a couple weeks. We can kick you off the fucking team for this. And there are a lot of reactions. Some people are saying... Lane's justified. Some people are saying that uh, DeSanto had his right to do that and he shouldn't be punished for it. I don't think anyone should be punished for seeking out mental health assistance. Uh, It's a serious problem that people have to go through. Men also do not reach out as often as they should. It is November for mental men's mental health awareness among a litany of other issues men go through. Uh, If you are struggling with mental health, please reach out to someone. But also, while reaching out for said mental health, do not ghost your employer. Do not just not show up to work. If you have to tell your employer you're going through a medical issue and you're going to be remote or something for a couple of 
for a week or something, but you can't just not communicate. And I understand the NCAA like saying these are student athletes. No, this is their job. Mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin or their head coach is their boss. They can't just not show up and not say anything to him. Mm-hmm. You will get fired for that. Yes. Anything else to add to that, Kiernan? Yes. I. While I understand the prevalence of mental health issues, especially in today, I, I 100% side with Lane Kiffin on this because it is – there's a there's a snippet online, sixty second some odd snippet online, of Lane Kiffin, understandably extremely upset, and uh, saying like, you know, where have you been? What what have you been doing? You can't just not show up to practice. And I know you you've mentioned that already, but it's like coaches were reaching out to you, you didn't respond. Right. Like it, there is a support line, even for people who are going even through football players who are the toughest, baddest dudes on the on the campus. Right. There's a support line. Who is your direct coaches? Right. And it and Lane was explicit and said coaches reached out to you. You didn't show you didn't message. Where were you? Like we had no idea. And it's it's not even like a um, it's not even like a hey, if you need a week, take off. It's, you know, it's, it's college football. You aren't, you need to go to practice. It's not if, ands, or buts. And the other thing is, if they can't get a hold of you, where are you? Like, it's not, you know, you could be dead. You could be in a hospital bed. Sure. If those were the circumstances, yeah, I'm sure they'd be a little bit more lenient. But like, there, you are their legal requirement they are they have to take care of you in some regard like they have to know where you are and so i think it's ridiculous that you just said screw it and just went off with no no apparent communication and so yeah lane kiffin has every right to be infuriated that's true i also saw some people pointing out that uh desanto is also now and will now be in legal trouble because he recorded a phone, a conversation with Lane Kiffin without his consent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mississippi is a one-party consent state, so because DeSanto was a part of the conversation, he consented to it being recorded, so mm-hmm. that's not a legal issue. Uh, thank you for coming to us for your legal advice. Never, ever actually do that. Uh, <laughs> if you are curious about Mississippi recording laws, please look it up yourself or consult with a lawyer. We are both fucking dipshits. Yep. Uh, speaking of dipshits, uh, the Perfect NCAA segue. is making fucking news for all the wrong reasons again. Uh, the James Madison, Dukes, Jacksonville State, and Tarleton State are all denied their waiver for postseason eligibility. I did not even know Tarleton State made the ju- oh they're FCS. They jumped to FCS from D two, I guess. Okay. So okay. But they all were denied their waivers to compete in postseason games. So this prohibits them from, obviously, this is for Jacksonville State and James Madison. Tarleton cannot compete in the FCS playoffs. Jacksonville State cannot compete in a bowl game. And James Madison cannot be ranked in the college football playoffs rankings. They cannot play in what would have become a New Year's Six Bowl that they keep playing this way. Nor can they compete in the Sun Belt Championship. This is fucking horseshit. We've been saying it for weeks. 
and the NCAA keeps making the wrong fucking decision. James Madison's coach just needs to pull a Mac Brown and start threatening the NCAA because apparently that's what he did for their Tez Walker situation. But it, I think I'm done with Charlie Baker. I think I've given up on him being a good commissioner. So you've given him less than a year is essentially what you've, you've told me. Correct. Okay. I've given him less I, than a year. I still think that's a a bit drastic, Kevin, in fairness. If if there weren't these headlines and it was just business, as, this is business as usual for the NCAA, but if it was really just there's no meaningful change, I would have, like there was some change, but not a lot. I would have been, okay, fine. You can't, Rome wasn't built in a day. You can't do everything you want in year one. I get that. But this is, Literally the same exact NCAA that we've seen our entire lives. These are the is, same. Hold on, hold on. Before you continue, is that not just business as usual? <laughs> yeah, so I'm saying it's business as usual. I'm saying I understand there wasn't going to be monumental change, but if they made occasional good decisions, if they had cha- made the Tez Walker decision that they ended up making from the beginning and then made this decision to go, okay, that's progress. They made one good decision in the year. They're currently not making any of the right decisions. The fans want to see James Madison in a bowl game. I want to see them over some 6-7 and seven team because there aren't enough fucking bowl teams. I want to see Jacksonville State in there because it's a good story. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. It's ignoring what your fans want. It's ignoring what your schools want. Except maybe the Sunbelt schools don't want James Madison in postseason games because they don't want to get stomped by the newcomer. But And also... Hey, NCAA, if you made this decision and then rigged it like FIFA does, so James Madison has to play some good fucking program. They have to play Ohio State or Michigan if one of them don't make the cultural playoffs. If they have to play an Oregon State or a Washington, they would lose. And then you could say, this is why we have the ban in place so these schools can acclimate. So we're not having tiny FCS players go up against the big, bad FBS guys and they can get in better recruits for player safety problem solved the fans are happy you prove your fucking point yeah a couple of former fcs players would have to break their legs to prove it but since when is the ncaa giving a shit about their student athletes (laughs) so i i think it's the wrong decision i think they have no they haven't thought about the future, which is also a business as usual thing for the NCAA because they ignored the coming NIL laws and then scrambled to fucking do it. And now you have poor Jimbo Fisher out of a job because he followed the NIL rules as they were, got the number one class, couldn't coach them to winning games. And now we have a poor man in the unemployment office right now. <laughs> His blood is on your hands, Charlie. <laughs> and this has been... Kevin's rant of the night. <laughs> oh no, I got way more rants. Oh gosh, worry. <laughs> we'll we'll get the we'll get to my rants right now. Actually, we're gonna talk the college football playoffs. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. What are you, JMU coach? Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, no, please get Herm Edwards to coach yeah. JMU. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, but nobody dropped out of the top 25 this week, Karen. Shocking. Yeah. 
Uh, but without further ado, Tulane is down to 25, dropping to from 16. Nope, sorry, that's Kansas. Tulane yeah. is down to 24, dropping from 23. Like, bro, am I looking at the wrong one? <laughs> uh, no, I am illiterate. Okay. Oklahoma State down from 15 to 23. Utah down from 18 to 22. Kansas State down from up from 25 to 21. North Carolina up from 24 to 20. Uh, I have no issues there. Yeah. Next up, Notre Dame up one from 20 to 19. Tennessee down from 13 to 18 after getting dominated by Mizzou. Arizona up from 21 to 17. Iowa up from 22 to 16. And LSU up from 19 to 15. Um... I'm good with that. I think it's hilarious. I was the 16th team, best team in the country, according to this poll. Yeah, 16 and 17 have to be the funniest. And, and I just like to quickly slow clap it out for Arizona. I mean, it, like I said it earlier, but legitimately meteoric rise. And I don't know where it's come from. I mean, I, I know they made like a coaching change or whatever, but like this is legitimately insane to see their name up there. The... That $240 million went from out of the budget to refs, Pac-12 officers, and the NCAA. Fine. Worth it. <laughs> Sounds good. I don't worth care. It. 100%. 100% worth it. Uh, next up, you got Oklahoma up to 14 from 17. Mississippi down from 9 to 13 after getting throttled by Georgia. Uh, Penn State back in their sweet spot at number 12. Uh, Oregon State up to 11, and Louisville up to 10. So, Kiernan, Penn State has a chance to beat Ohio State. They have to drop a little bit more to not get out of the top, to get into the top 10. Like, they, they want to be at 11. So, I think they got to lose, get down to, like, 16, 17, and then beat Ohio State. Well, we've already played Ohio State and lost. You are right. I am so stupid. I'm like, that's the reason we're one of the reasons we're there, but we're in our sweet spot. So we're good for the rest of the year, provided we just don't move. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, no, I, I apologize. I'm scattered brain. My car has been the shop in the shop for a week. Okay. Um, anyway, so take it. Off uh, mental. I, I was every single one of my teams this week lost. So I'm a Tottenham Hotspur Spur fan. They lost. I am a Penn State fan. They lost. I'm a Patriots fan. They lost. I was taking L's all weekend. And my mom even texted me on Saturday or uh, on Saturday between the Tottenham game and Penn State playing Michigan. And she goes, so what do you think your chances are? You know, you're at home. You've got a crowd behind you. And I go, well, unfortunately, we're ranked 10th. And she goes, what does that have to do with anything? I said, well, if you look at our recent run of <laughs> run of events, if we're 10 or higher, we lose the next game. And I am furious with it. And she goes, oh, that's a load of bullshit. And I, and I just text her three hours later. I go, are you sure? <laughs> you should have just done what people do on Twitter whenever someone has a bad take. Months later, when it proves to be wrong, just reply, update, question mark. <laughs> That's what I should have uh, done, yeah. Did you pull a Kevin on Saturday? Uh, define? Uh, I just text, I'm gonna fucking kill myself. Oh, um, 
I was already so depressed from having to watch that shit show that I, I couldn't fathom thoughts. So that's fair. Uh, next up, you have Missouri up to number nine from 14 after beating Tennessee. You have Alabama staying put at eight. You have Texas staying put at seven. You have Oregon at six and Washington at five. Those teams above have been struggling a little bit lately. Not in like danger of losing struggling, but they've not been looking super dominant. Alabama fucking blew the doors off Kentucky and they're staying at eight. And it's ridiculous. And look, Team shouldn't drop after a loss, you're probably saying. I agree with you. Unfortunately, the committee doesn't because Florida <laughs> State's at four still. Michigan's at three. Ohio State dropped from one to two after winning, and Georgia's one. So which is it? Should teams not drop after a loss or a win, or should Alabama be higher? Because it's one of the fucking two at this point, and the committee just doesn't make sense. And since 2014, Tony Gerdman tweeted this. The committee has dropped the number one team after win four times. Three of those have been Ohio State. <laughs> Twice in 2019 after a 73 to 14 win and a 34 to 21 Big 12 championship or Big 10 championship game, excuse me. And then last night after Ohio State beat Michigan State 38 to 3. And then LSU was the other one. So the only thing I can think of really quickly is, is it because uh, two reasons? One, I think they want Michigan and Ohio State to duke it out. And two is because I think the, uh, I think it's, it's, when you blow the doors off of another team, I think that actually diminishes your like standings because it's just like, okay, so like you're, you're, you're the, the team that you are playing clearly wasn't good enough. And I think that's kind of why, or at least that's the perception I'm getting from this. So you should be struggling to win games. No, no, I'm not saying you should be struggling to win games, but when you when you beat them by more than like four touchdowns, it's like, all right, well, you know. But your also opponent, I think... your opponent clearly wasn't that good. And you know, Georgia's or you know, just for the sake of argument, Georgia's was this week, so therefore they get the top spot. So Georgia or sorry, so Ohio State's being punished for their conference opponent not being good like it yes i understand what yes. you're saying but it's a conference opponent it's not like they're yes. i i, scheduling stand, no, I stand by what i say <laughs> no i agree i understand what you're saying i just feel like look if they were playing fucking kent state historically the worst program and they won by fucking five billion fucking points then yeah i'd get that but it's a conference game yeah against a shit opponent <laughs> Okay, and they ranked, they moved up Georgia after beating Ole Miss by 35, the same gap that Ohio State had. 
Yeah, and what was Ole Miss ranked at? 13. There's my point. <laughs> they beat an objectively better team. She, hold if on, it hold wasn't on, Michigan on. State, I would be arguing that point. Exactly, you're not. Because but it's you know, Michigan you State. Know exactly what I'm saying. That's fair. But you, also... I know you're upset by it, but it's Alabama beat a bowl-eligible team by 28. Okay, what did Texas, who did Texas beat last week? Texas beat... TCU, who currently is not bowl eligible, by three points. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I see. I, I understand your argument from the Alabama point perspective. That's horse shit. Washington beat Utah, so that's good, by seven points. That's fine. That's yeah, fair. That's fine. It's a good win. It's a good win. Good quality win. Uh, Oregon beat unranked USC by nine points. Not as great of a win. Not not a really good win just because of the defense. Like, if yeah. it was 75 to 66, you know what? Fine, your offense put up numbers. Yeah. But your defense sucks. But they only put up 36 on that shit defense. Florida State beat the U, who can't win a big fucking game to save their lives, by seven. And I understand for the U, it's a little different. It's hard because they're undefeated still, as are, uh, I think, Washington still is and the other teams. But it's just, it. I don't necessarily, okay, I'm, I'm lying. I have an issue with Alabama being eight. Really? I have a bigger issue with the inconsistency. Fine. I like the, oh, I didn't like the inconsistency, but I was okay with it when it benefited Alabama. <laughs> But, okay, so you're a hypocrite. No. <laughs> oh? Uh, because I think I have a bigger issue with them arbitrarily dropping Ohio State. Because okay, I can... I guess. Because I can talk myself into, okay, yes, Alabama won by a... covered against a decent Kentucky team, mm -hmm. but everyone else above them won. So that's... That makes sense. Uh, I still think the Texas is weird. They only won by three, but head-to-head -head matchup, fine. But then Ohio State also won and dropped. So I just don't yeah. know what's going yeah. on here. Yeah, I, I, I understand. Okay, I, it is, it is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, it's but I don't even think I don't even think that the dropping isn't even it's not even for the fact that they don't think Ohio State's number one. It, it's so that they can be ranked closer to Michigan just to see the chaos that ensues, which I'm okay with. That's fair. I'm okay with them dropping Michigan or Ohio State, excuse me, on a certain level because it is Ohio State. But at the same time, it it doesn't make any sense. Yes, I I agree with you. I I agree that if you agree that Ohio State was playing a garbage Michigan State, I will agree that Alabama should be ranked number seven. Okay, there we go. Consensus. 
that's that's fine. I'm, I'm good with that because I, I think that's fair. I think right. I think if we if they moved Alabama from eight to five, I think that'd be ridiculous. Right. I think if they moved them from eight to six. Uh, and Pushing moved, it, but fine. If fine. Uh, eight to seven. Yes. Eight to seven. That's that's a fucking no brainer. Here's Especially the funny be, thing. I don't even think Texas fans would be upset with that. No, they would be. They'd be furious. <laughs> no, they'd be so upset. These are the same fucking people who 14 years le- later are still saying, well, if Colt didn't get hurt, Alabama yes. would have lost. Yes. No, yeah. no. But they would have been fucking furious. And I know every Texas fan who complained about it on Twitter would have in their replies yeah, that's fair. I mean, if Colt didn't get hurt, you guys would probably still be seven. Yeah. But it's... It's just... It, I I hate the inconsistency of rulings that the committee always fucking has. Uh, sometimes they care about head-to-head record. Other times they don't give a shit. Uh, yeah. Sometimes non-conference schedules matter. Other times it don't. They don't. Sometimes strength of schedule matters. Other times they don't give a fuck. Uh, I hate how basically the committee has made it so they're making college football worse, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We want to see matchups like Texas versus Alabama. There's no reason for it now. If Alabama didn't schedule Texas, they'd be number five, if not higher. So there's no benefit to scheduling a good out-of-conference schedule. Yeah. So we're getting worse college football week in, week out, because they are removing any and all incentive. And look, That's yeah, fair. if you win, great. But it's... It's insane. Uh, but Texas, since I just basically said how much I fucking hate y'all... Uh, Quinn Ewers has decided to spend another year in Austin. I I don't know how to feel about it. Karen, you have some thoughts? Lack of, because I don't really get what the big deal is. Like, he's injured. So, uh, frankly, I think that he should stay, uh, if not to simply... I. I I think if you're injured going into, I understand that there are exceptions for when players are going in injured into the draft. There are exception, very rare, I think, exceptions to the rule. You have to be a really star-studded player. Uh, I don't think Quinn Ewers is quite at that level. Uh, he's good, certainly a very solid, consistent QB, but I think being able to rehabilitate and play another year of consistent football will actually raise his stock price uh, come draft day. I don't disagree that he should stay, but I don't think it has anything to do with his injury. Uh, I think uh, Tua, we didn't know if he'd ever play football again, and he went number five overall. Like I said. Which is insane. Rare exception. But uh, Quinn Ewers... Wasn't going top five healthy. He wasn't going yeah. top ten healthy. Probably wasn't a first round pick healthy this year. With a class with Drake May, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Jaden Daniels, 
he was not one of the first five quarterbacks off the board next year. There's a good chance. He's the first quarterback off the board. Yeah. So I think it strictly has to do with, I don't want to say talent on his part. Cause I'm not saying it's a talent issue. It's mm. talent compared to your peers. Yeah, that's fair. So, and it's also the question. What the fuck's Arch Manning doing? He's third string. Still, uh, if he was ready, if he was the next big thing, t- Steve Sarkisia would be telling Quinn Ewers, hey, either go to the draft or transfer because Arch is playing next year. Which I think brings back to the point. He's a fucking three-star with a five-star name. That's what <laughs> Arch Manning is. That's what his legacy is going to be. Yeah. And I'm not trying to rail against this kid. He seems like a good kid. He said he wasn't going to be taking NIL deals because he's not playing. He took one NIL deal and immediately donated all of it to charity. Fair enough. Seems like a great kid. But he's transferring, right? He's not staying at Texas now. I can't imagine he would. I I think he should find another Big 12 school or, you know, since that is imploding, maybe a Big 10 school or something. Something where he will be able to be, you know, where he's the first string. I I mean, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But you're not going to get a program like Texas, I don't think. I think he can. I mean, you just said yourself he's a three-star recruit with a five-star name. Like Georgia just won back-to-back national championships with a walk-on. You think that they're not going to go, hey, Arch, you want to come play in Georgia? I mean, sure. I, I guess. But, like, I don't and- know. I, I think I think you, I find that you make exceptions to the rule because there's a hundred other schools that don't have walk-ons and you pick the one that had the most incredible defense, like and an incredible running game. Like, yeah, he Uh, was a walk-on. He was okay. They had a good running game. They, yeah, he was a, he was a walk-on, but he had everything around him. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. No, Arch Manning has a chance to success, relatively low pressure at Georgia and he'll still win. Oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. Fair enough. Yeah, that's right, why. Right, that's right. why I'm saying you should Sorry. go to Georgia. Okay. I'm not right. saying because he's going to oh, revolutionize okay. Georgia's right. football. Yes. Right. Fair enough. I can see. And when I say low pressure, I don't mean low pressure on the team, but low pressure on him specifically yes. to yes. excel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. He just has to really not turn the ball over. Yeah. And also behind a good offensive line, a good running game. I don't think incredible still, but you corrected yourself. Uh, and and an incredible defense that seemingly has not fallen off after losing every fucking starter from two years ago. I think that's the perfect landing spot for him. And also, he can keep the Manning legacy in the SEC going without going to Ole Miss or Tennessee. That's also a good point. So he can be his own person while also... The expectation is lower. Yes, while also continuing the dominance that is the greatest family in SEC history. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a controversial take. No, I don't think it is either. But unless Tim Tebow's wife has an immaculate conception and the kid just (laughs) legs the rock 80 yards on a fucking rope. (laughs) Uh, But... Our last topic, and Kiernan, I'm proud of us. We did fly through this. We might get into it under an hour. I'm not positive. But the Pac-2 is officially a conference. A judge ruled this week 
that the other 10 schools leaving are still members, but they do not get votes in league matters. That is hilarious. Fully deserved, too. Yes. I think every conference should put in their bylaws. If someone's leaving the conference within the next two years, they don't get a vote in any league matters. Yeah, that's fair. And the uh, the 10 schools are appealing the decision. I so desperately want Washington State and Oregon State to come together and vote that their conference schedules are null and void and they are playing for the Pac-12 championship. Yes. It's that the dream. Would, it it and it's the ultimate legal power move too. Because it's like, all right, you guys said you didn't want any part of this, so we're gonna make all the decisions. And now it's like it's 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 sort of like an oligarchy. They can just do whatever the fuck they want now. And if I'm if I if I'm the commissioner or excuse me, the uh AD or what or head coach of either of those two schools, I'm like we're the kings of this fucking pack, pack 12, right? So. Yeah, it's it's great. And I'm trying to find. There was a country that had a diarchy in the past that famously did. Was it oh, Rome? Uh, that's the Tetrarchy. Four. Four emperors. I mean, there's uh, loads of. Following the overthrow of the Roman monarchy, the Romans established an oligarchic Roman Republic, which divided supreme executive power between two consuls, both elected each year and each holding a veto over the other's actions. Yes, and then you get to Diocletian and the Tetrarchy, where he split it between two emperors and two junior emperors in the crisis of the third century. Uh, you can do this for literally any uh, system of empireship. You have the vizier and the sultan of the Ottoman Empire. You have the... Uh, two kings of sparta one was administrative the other was military so the list goes on pick which historical dichotomy you want <laughs> thank you i just wanted more examples there and i go. knew you'd know them buddy <laughs> i am a huge history nerd jesus i am too but only with some things so i don't like to it, say it's, it's very specific yeah yeah I, I don't like to say i'm a huge history nerd because I, i'm like every guy my age like world war ii mm-hmm uh, America in the sixties stuff like that. Like yeah. that doesn't make me a history nerd. That just makes me a straight, not even a straight guy, just a guy. Yeah. Uh, also the Irish revolution. That's yes. Because that's the most fun. That's <laughs> oh, so interesting. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to the pack too. And people are going to complain like, Oh, that's so petty. Yeah. No shit. It's petty. And it's fucking good. awesome. Yeah. Good. It's deserved. Washington State and Oregon State were the punching bags of the Pac-12 for a while. And now they get their day in the sun. Mm -hmm. And they should take advantage of it. They should do whatever they can because the Pac-12 is getting an automatic playoff bid Mm -hmm. once we expand to 12 teams. They should just keep rolling with the Pac-2 and make the call until the cultural playoffs committee changes their bylaws mm-hmm. couldn't agree more oh, it'd be incredible Kanan, who's your favorite player from one of those two schools kevin you know damn well i couldn't fucking tell you 
You really should, Kiernan. You should be able to mention one player from one of those schools. Kevin, I'm not as knowledgeable in college football as you are. I'm just not. Uh, 1993 NFL draft, number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. I think he's top 10 in passing yards still in the NFL. Drew Bledsoe. There you go. The man who almost died so Tom Brady could run. Uh, he is no longer top 10. That's a, He's number 17. Dude, I thought he went to BC. That's how ignorant I am of that. Yikes. No, he did not go to BC. Uh, Doug Flutie went to BC. We talk about Doug Flutie a lot in this podcast because I got to show respect to my fellow short king. <laughs> And Matt Ryan also went to BC. Yes. And the Hasselbacks. Yeah. And they went to the very end as well. They did. Pretty cool. Everything comes full circle. One of them coaches there now. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. But there's our show. Under an hour. <laughs> Under an hour. I'm just going to drag out this uh, <laughs> to get it to. No. Uh, this episode, as always, is brought to you by Yeats. I always talk about great they are. So I'm just going to say. Head over to eatsofficial.com, promo code tailgate for 10% off your order. Everyone have a great, safe, fun weekend. If you get fucking hammered, don't drive. Get an Uber. It's much better that way. And safer. And cheaper. Remember, guys, an Uber will always be cheaper than a DUI. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just gonna put that out there, just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's gonna go eight four this year, and half those kids are gonna transfer. Are you sure? Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.